This is the last installment of our four-part series. Level three after the language of God is to understand authority transferred to man. We must learn to take God-given authority to rule and reign on this earth through Jesus Christ and how the process of free will and dominion limits the sovereignty of God on earth. I'm Robert Winfield and this is Chapter House. The kingdom of heaven is not a democracy, it's a theocracy, ruled by a king who has chosen to give the power to govern in his kingdom to mankind, similar to governors and regents who are required to enforce the law of the land. We trust these leaders not to abuse the power given to them, and they swear under oath to uphold the common good. Keep in mind that Having authority without the power of enforcement is like having a th no authority at all, really. Without a weapon, a police officer would be hard-pressed to enforce the law if they were to be challenged. God has given us the power to rule and reign on this earth if we accept it through Jesus Christ. And as odd as it seems, God can do little without us since the authority and power have been given to mankind. A lot of ignorance has been farmed in the land of God's sovereignty. It escapes some people that in being sovereign, God could set up a system that is perpetual and unchanging. He could swear by his own name never to cross, alter, or abandon that system. In doing this, even in his sovereignty, he couldn't change, cross, alter, or abandon that system without making his name and character unworthy of being trusted. The notion that God can do whatever he wants is a naive religious doctrine that gives the secular world license to say that God is their biggest problem since he can do whatever he wants and yet he doesn't fix anything. Now technically, he can do whatever he wants. But we can see, as plain as the nose on our face, for some reason, that's not happening. He won't or can't. If God could stop all war, famine, murder, disease, genocide, and a host of other maladies, and didn't, then we would be forced to say either he is a negligent and cruel, or he is a God without power, and we need not worry. Be assured, however, that He's not the pilot of the storm. If we as Christians believe this as well, then we should answer the same question. Is God negligent and cruel or without power? After all, he is in control. All I can do is wish or hope he will do something about all the problems. I can beg, plead, and pray until the cows come home, hoping something will happen. This notion gives fodder to non-Christians and atheists. It seems like bull to them, and it should be to us as well. Reason being that the state of the world is at the feet of the Christian. This is why the kingdom of God is the principal thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, for it is the system of operating God's plan on earth. 
God has given us all talents and expects them to be invested in the kingdom. A fearful man buries those talents, then says God is a hard master. But we must all make that choice. A non-choice, however, is a choice. If you're sitting in a canoe on a river, you don't have to paddle to go downstream. All you have to do is nothing. In essence, you've chosen not to go upstream. If you want to go upstream, you have to paddle or make an effort. An effort is the one thing all humans can perform. God answered the sorrow, cries, and fears of the world by sending Jesus to return power and authority back to mankind so that we can kick the devil out of our garden. The answer to why Adam didn't kick the devil out is answered simply as, for the same reason we don't. The world is changed through the mechanism of faith, spoken words, and love. Faith causes the substance of something hoped for to be manifested. You can't please God without faith because it's the mechanism He chose to put in place to operate in the kingdom. He's not the agent of change. As the high priest of our confession, Jesus is the facilitator of change. He has outsourced power and authority to, guess who? Christians. It's our responsibility to use our faith to change the world using our words and demonstrating the existence of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Romans 8, 16 through 17. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so, that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. That word suffer is Greek word 4841, means to jointly experience or sympathize with His persecution. The root word is of like mind with Him, to stand abide or endured. So if we were to reread that as a definition, it would read, uh, and if the children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so, that we may jointly experience with him and have the same mindset so that we may be glorified together. Caligula, emperor of Rome, was joint heir with Emperor Tiberius, and Emperor Nero was joint heir with Emperor Britannicus. But we're in a better position. While emperors can only rule in succession, or one preceding must die, we are co-heirs. We share the same inheritance directly at the same time of our salvation. Jesus inherited all things in heaven and in earth, and we are joint heirs with him, meaning we have inherited all things in heaven and earth through him. I mean, what else would joint heir indicate? Jesus came so we could become mature sons and daughters and receive our inheritance. But our inheritance really can't be passed on beyond our level of maturity. Without revelation, love, and wisdom, we're challenged to receive our inheritance in full. 
We need the wisdom of the Lord to inherit the promise. The wisdom of man and religion will try to steal it. But as we mature and grow, God can trust us with more of what is already ours. One reason we don't see more display of Christian authority is that few know how to pray the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is important because it's the key to having your prayers answered. It requires four things. Saying it, believing it, receiving it, and acting on it. Often when someone does pray with authority, they're looked upon as presumptuous, haughty, or naive. Those who are satisfied remaining ignorant of their rightful spiritual place often shun those who push ahead and take dominion over sickness, disease, poverty, and lack. In this life, you can fight a winning battle or a losing battle, but you will fight. I prefer the good fight of faith. I've had to personally take dominion over uh, tornadoes, demons, lack, debt, uh, asthma, employment, my car, uh, fibromyalgia, and AFib. It's a struggle and a stretch, but if you don't back down, you win. If you stand in faith, walk in love, and use your authority, God will use His power. He guarantees it. The battle is won before it begins by using the authority of the name above all names, the name of Jesus. The condition of the world is a direct reflection of our lack of authority or more correctly our failure to use our authority. We often ask God to do things He's telling us to do. Um, Moses fell into the same trap at the uh, edge of the Red Sea. Let's look at Exodus. Exodus 14, 13 through 16. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. But the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the Israelites shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So Moses said, The Lord will fight for you, and you shall be at rest. Then God said to Moses, Why are you crying to me about it? Stretch out your staff and hand and part the sea. Then go forward. So Moses had the authority, but God wasn't going to do anything until Moses took authority. Why? Because all authority has been given to mankind. God said, You divide the sea, and He did. We would all say, but, but we can't do that. And like Jesus, who said he couldn't do anything either, said, it's the Father, he does the work through me. We have to move ahead and lift up our staff and part the waves of life here. At one point, Jesus told the disciples to feed the multitudes. We take authority and God backs us up. That's how you proclaim the gospel with demonstration. We shouldn't have to ask God to do what He has already empowered us to do. Now, admittedly, this can be scary because it puts most, if not all, the responsibility on us. 
but metaphorically, these are the talents he expects us to multiply. At some point, we have to cross the threshold and go through the door and enter the kingdom. The Lord considers unbelief evil. Without believing and doing God's word, true fellowship is fleeting at best. Can two walk together unless they have agreed? He says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. The greatest hindrance to spiritual power is twofold. First, not being aware of the fact that we have an adversary who at best is trying to keep us weak and uninformed, and at worst, trying to kill us. Second, is being aware that we have authority over that adversary, being he is a fallen angel. Jesus said we could cast out demons and this would be a sign to those who believe. We can't do that without the authority to make it happen, so obviously he's given us that authority. If we don't grasp the supernatural nature of dominion, then we're finished growing spiritually as soon as we're born again. If we reject the notion that God works through his children, there's little to nothing to gather together and fellowship about. This is what we're seeing in the last few years of declining church attendance. Without an irrefutable demonstration of kingdom power, our religion becomes rhetorical and argumentative. We must present what we represent. The kingdom has come. We have an opportunity to live large in the kingdom like heaven on earth. It's the reason we're born again. Don't let religion or men steal your inheritance. Awaken the sleeping giant in you. Renew your mind to the fact that the kingdom of heaven is in your grasp. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are kings and priests in His house. We are created in His image and likeness. We share His divine nature. Let's reshape this dying world and walk through the door Jesus pointed to at the cross. So, stand in faith, walk in love, and launch out into the deep. Till next time.